Good afternoon, right? A little bit earlier. If you would, this evening, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. As I said this morning, I want to begin a new series in the evening, and it's a man after God's own heart. A man after God's heart. The study of David. You know, what a great compliment that is. You know, you think of these nicknames, and I kind of talked about it in the morning uh, lesson about that, but David's nickname, or what he was referred to as in the scriptures, was a man after God's own heart. That is, I would love to have that nickname. I would love to be called that. And you know what? Matter of fact, I'm going to strive to be that kind of guy. Because everybody can be like another man, right? We can't be like God, but we can be like another man. And if a man is called a man after God's own heart, then I'm going to strive to be like a man after God's own heart. You know, but what's so encouraging about David, what's so encouraging as we'll look and see and find out as we look at some of these stories uh, from the Old Testament about David is that he had many struggles, many heartaches. He sinned, and sometimes his sins were horrible and life-changing. But he always, in the end, knew what was right and what was wrong, and when he was wrong, he admitted it. He never beat around the bush. He never uh, tried to hide it up to a point. But when he finally was found guilty, he always would do the right thing because he knew what was right to do. A little background about the man David. There's 66 chapters in the Old Testament that are dedicated to David. There are 59 references to his life in the New Testament. One of the most famous verses about David comes from 1 Samuel 16 where Samuel's about to anoint him as uh, the next king and the Lord says to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not look at the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord was looking at the heart and he knew that David was the man to be the next king of Israel. And you know, because of that, because of the way David was, he became the standard for all the kings to follow. So every time there was a king, he became the standard. An example of that that is in 1 Kings 15.3. There's a king named Abijam, probably didn't say that right, but that's okay. And it says, he walked in all the sins of his father, which he had done before him. His heart was not loyal to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. 
Every time these kings would get uh, talked about whether they were right in the side of, uh, and right in the eyes of God or not, uh, not all the time, but sometimes they would use the comparison to David if they were right in their heart or if they weren't. So as we begin this lesson this evening, I'm, I'm just so excited about I'm trying to hold myself back. I'm just going to tell you the truth. As I was studying and doing this lesson, this is a lesson that we all know. This is a lesson that you learned probably when you was a kid. But this is a story about a hero. This is a story about somebody who had no fear. This was somebody who did it because he knew who his God was. This is a story about a champion versus a shepherd boy. It's the story of David and Goliath. David and big old tall Goliath, right? You know, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I do want to look at some good portions of the Scripture, and I hope that you can be encouraged by this, because what I want us to think about is overcoming the giants in our lives. We all face giants. We all face big situations that we have to deal with just about on a daily basis. You may have one huge situation going on right now. I don't know what it is, but you do. I want us to consider this. We will always have giants in our lives to scare us. The Philistine and the Israelites were in the valley of Elah. Okay, picture it. Let me set it up. One army's on one mountain and one's on the other and the valley is in the middle. And out of the camp of the Philistines, here comes the champ, Goliath. Here he comes out of, from the camp. He stood six cubits and a span. And I kind of looked in on this and there's, you know, how everybody's got a lot of speculation on the exact measurement of it. Some said he was nine foot nine and some said he was six foot nine. So anywhere between that measurement, what we know is this guy was a tall dude. Big old tall guy. He was a huge man. And not only had he come out from this group, he was coming out and he was calling people out. You know, if you're playing on a basketball team, this is the guy you want to pick. He's like Shaquille O'Neal, right? He's this big old huge tall guy, strong guy, carrying a big old uh, equipment on him and this spear that weighed 20 pounds, the head of it. I mean, just a big guy. Pretty scary, huh? Especially for the Israelites. Look at verse 8 in 1 Samuel 17. It says, Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel, and he said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And you and the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. 
And I want us to catch this verse. When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. (laughs) They were dismayed and greatly afraid. It says in verse 16, And the Philistine drew near and presented himself forty days, morning and evening. Think about that. For more than a month, here comes this dude stepping out into the middle of the valley and basically calling you all wimps. Can't none of y'all fight me. Ain't no telling what he said. But not only did he do it in the morning, he did it in the evening too. Two times a day. And it says they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Here was King Saul, the one who stood ahead over everybody. He should have been the one to go out there and fight Goliath. But what was he doing? Dismayed and greatly afraid. Think about our lives. Think about some of the giants we face. The IRS sends you a letter that you owe a large sum of money. Oops, sorry, we messed up on your taxes. You're going to have to pay us $75,000 or something silly, right? We've never even made $75,000. You find out you've got some type of illness. You get injured And you get put out of work. You got a boss at work that's horrible to you. And you dread going to work every day. You made a terrible decision. And now it's time to reap what you sow. Giants in our lives. We all will face them. We all face these tough situations. And when we look at them first, they seem larger than life. And very scary to deal with. Very dismayed and greatly afraid of sometimes. But as a child of God, we must realize that we are not alone in the battle. Amen? We don't fight our battles of life by ourselves. Which leads to the next point. We must believe and have confidence that... God is always greater than our giants. Think about that comment. God is always greater than our giants. We now come to the part where David is introduced into the story. Jesse, David's father, tells him to go and take your brother some food and he gives these measurements of what he is going to take and he tells him to bring some cheeses to the captain's and come back and tell me how they're doing in the battle. He says, go down there and see what they're doing, give them some of this food, and then come back, and what I'm gonna, I want to see what's going on in this battle. Look at verse 20. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with the keeper, and took the things, and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp as the army was going out to the fight and shouting, For the battle. So here they were, gathering up, about to go out to the battle to line up. And look at what verse 21 says. For Israel and the Philistines 
had drawn up in battle array army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army, and came and greeted his brothers. Then, as he talked with them, there was the champion. (laughs) There he was. He comes to see his brothers. He doesn't know about this guy. He doesn't know about this giant. Here he is coming to feed and give his brother some food and and, and see how the battle's going. And all of a sudden, here he comes. Goliath. Into the valley. Talking trash. Will somebody come out here and fight me? Will somebody come out here and deal with me? I know you won't because you're scared of me. I know you won't deal with me because I'm too big. I'm too tough. The Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, coming up from the armies of the Philistines, and he spoke according to the same words. So David heard them. He heard them. He heard what he said. And I want you to see this difference. Catch this difference between the men of Israel and David. I want you to catch this difference. Listen to what they say. Look at verse 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. So the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter and give his father's uh, house exemption from taxes in Israel. Surely he has come up to defy Israel, is what they said. The men were afraid of this champion. And they thought, you know what? We can't do it. There is no way that we can do it. But look at verse 26. Then David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is this guy? Little B short dude. Here is the army of Israel. We're talking about some tough guys who were scared to death of this giant. And here comes the little ruddy, good-looking youth, and he says, who in the world is this guy? He doesn't say, surely he's come up to defy Israel. He says, for who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Who is this? He don't know who he's messing with. Do we see the difference? The men of Israel were scared of the giant. Why were they scared of the giant? Because they thought they had to do it themselves. They forgot who was on their side. 
I was looking for a good verse to, to think about the Israelites. And you know, I, I came upon this one in Deuteronomy. Look at what it says. Happy are you, O Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty. Your enemies shall submit to you, and you shall tread down their high places. Look at this verse. They knew this verse. They talked about this verse. They read this verse. And here they were with this giant coming out in front of them, and they scared to death. They scared to death. But not David. Look at the confidence he has when he says, Who is this guy that disrespects the armies of the living God? There is no doubt that David knows who has his back. Amen? There is no doubt that David believes with all of his heart who will help him through this situation. The Lord. So make an application for us today. There is no doubt we're going to face giants. There is no doubt we're going to have these tough situations that we're faced with that are scary, that are big, that are intimidating. We'll all face these rough waters. We'll all face these problems. But will we think that we can do it all alone? Or will we know that God is greater than any giant? That's encouraging. And that's what we see in David. Yet in all these things, brethren, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Let me read that one again. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Even the strongest in the faith will be tested by Satan. Even the strongest. And, and he'll always look for that opportunity and that right time to put doubt in you. Now look at this story. Hang with me, y'all. I ain't going to keep you long, but I want you to hang with me for just a minute. Look at this. Never let anyone shake your confidence in the Lord. Anyone. Never. Don't ever let somebody tell you that God is not an awesome God. Don't ever let anybody tell you that our God is not reigning from heaven caring for you and caring for me. But there's going to be haters you best believe there's going to be people that are going to put it in your mind that he ain't, that he don't hear what you're talking about. Look at what happens in verse 27. And the people answered him in this manner, saying, So shall it be done for the man who kills him. Now Elab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, and Elab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, Why did you come down here? What are you doing down here, dude? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? You, you catch what he says? Those few sheep. 
David wasn't probably looked on very well with his brothers. Kind of reminds you of a Joseph type deal, huh? He said, I know your pride and the insolence of your heart. For you've come down to see the battle. That's all you did. You came down here to see the battle. That's what you're doing. And David said to him, what have I done now? <laughs> what have I done now? Is there not a cause? Then he turned from him. He didn't even pay it no mind. He turned from him toward another and said the same thing. And these people answered him as the first ones did. Oh, Elab. David shows this confidence that he has in the Lord and his brother tries to discourage him. Why are you here? Oh, that's right, you just left the flock with anybody. You just come down here to see the fight. Sometimes people will tell you, why even try to deal with the situation? You can't fix it. But David already knows who can fix it. But not only does his brother hate on him, the king does. Look at it. Verse 31. Now when the words which David spoke were heard, they reported them to Saul. And he sent for him. Then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight this Philistine. David says, you know what? Don't be troubled in your heart. I know nobody's went to go out there and fight him, but guess what? I'm about to go out there. A little bit short guy, man. <laughs> Rudy, you know the movie? Everybody rooted against old Rudy, right? And he just proved them wrong. Rudy, remember the chant? Carrie, you know it. <clears throat> Here he was, kind of a joke, really. He says, I'll go out there and fight him. Don't worry about it. Don't even let your heart be troubled anymore, dude. I got you, man. I got you. I'll go out here and fight this guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Verse 33, he says, And Saul said to David, You're not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him? Just think about this for a minute. For you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Saul tells David that he's a youth. You young, man, you can't go out there. And this is a giant. This guy is a man of war since he was young. He's been fighting and killing people since he was young. God's not going to deliver you from your sickness. You kidding me? God's not going to help you through the tough time in your life. Why? Because you're not that spiritual. You got weak faith. You're not a strong Christian. Satan in your ear. But brethren, I want us to look at what David says to these guys. I want you to see what he says to Saul right here. 
Whatever situation we're dealing with, whatever we've got going on in our lives, whatever giant we're facing, Satan doesn't want you to deal with it. He wants you to put it away and never think about it. He wants you to be scared. He wants you to be afraid of it. He wants it to fester and fester and grow and grow. And he wants you to deal with it on your own. He wants you to deal with it. But look what he says. But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it arose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. Your servant has killed both lion and bear. Man, just look at what he says right here, y'all. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. What confidence. What a powerful man. Little in stature, big in heart, right? <laughs> Talking about the big Superman S on his chest. Not because he was anybody. Not because he was the one doing anything. It's because he had confidence in his God. That's how we have to be. You want to know how we get through struggles? You want to know how we get through drama? When we look to God's Word and He tells us what to do in the situation, we trust it. No doubting. I mean, we're literally... David is literally about to face a giant who has killed probably a lot of people and is not scared at, to do it and he's really good at it. David ain't worried about it. Not one bit. Not one bit. Look at what he says in verse 37. He says, Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear... He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. This guy killed a lion. Could you imagine doing that? You know, I try to joke about him and say that he was a little bit small dude, but this guy killed a lion and a bear. But who does he say is with him? The Lord. He gives glory and honor to the one who can do all things. I can't do it. This guy has come, this Goliath guy has come and he's defying Israel and I can't beat him. I can't beat this giant. 
But David said, don't let your heart be troubled, y'all. Guess what? I got this. I got it. Because the Lord's going to be with me just like He was with me when I fought that lion. He's going to be with me just when I was uh, going up against this bear. Think about what this says. This is the end of Hebrews 13.5. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can a situation do to me? What can this giant standing in my face talking trash to me do to me? Nothing. You can kill me. But I'm good. Because I'm confident in my God. I'm confident in Jesus. I'm confident in what He's done for me. Amen? And what a blessing that should be to us, brethren. We have that gift. Which brings me to my final point. And I want you to go out with this point in your mind. You know the song. Derek was going to lead it for me, but we couldn't get it worked out. The battle belongs to the Lord. At the end of verse 37, we see Saul seeing the confidence David has and probably being a little bit smart, Alec. He says, go and the Lord be with you. <laughs> you know, go ahead, man. Let the Lord be with you. Matter of fact, I'm going to put this armor on you. So he goes and he tries to put this armor and this bronze helmet on his head and it doesn't fit. It's too big. David says at the end of verse 39, I cannot walk with these for I've not tested them. Like take this stuff off of me. So what's he do? Verse 40 says, Then he took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth rocks from the brook and put them in his shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And then he had a sling in his hand. And he drew near to the Philistine. Here was Goliath standing out there ready for battle. And could you imagine what he thought when this little bitty dude rolled out on the scene? <laughs> I mean, he's been out there for all these days talking trash, waiting really probably for Saul to come out there. And here comes little bitty old teenager. Christian McGuire rolls out there. There he is. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> Look at what he says in verse 43. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? You gonna bring sticks out here and play with me? You got this little bee toy out here that I'm gonna have to play with? And look what it says. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And then he got serious. He said, okay. And the Philistine said to David, come to me and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Okay, let's do it. 
This is the guy you want? That's fine. I'm about to cut this guy up. I'm fixing to do some terrible things to this guy. These next verses, if you have a highlighter, highlight them. If you have, uh, if you write in it and star it, star these. Make this a point to read these when you're discouraged, when you're down, when you're out. Because David is about to set the record straight. And boy, I love him for it. When I'm down, this is where I go. When you feel like all hope is gone, go right here. Look at what he says. And David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin. You come to me with all these fancy weapons. <laughs> But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all the assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's. And He will give you into our hands. Man. How do we come to the battle? Facing our giants in our lives? How do we come to these tough situations in our lives where we feel like there's no hope and we're scared and uncertain of the future? How do we do that? We come to Him in the name of the Lord. Why? Because they threaten a member of God's army. They threaten one of God's child, children. Verse 46, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. There's no fear. There is no fear in the situation. Here he was standing face to face with him and he blatantly tells him, today you're going to be delivered into my hand. No matter what we're dealing with, no matter what the situation is, we have a home prepared for us and it's just on the other side. Be encouraged by that. Stay focused on that. And I know that that's not a real great encouragement when you're dealing with the situation, but when that is the focus of your mind, it changes who you are. Because you realize nothing can stop you. 
for our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Remember, your life ain't nothing but what? A vapor. It's here and then it's gone. So our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. Working for us a far more exceeding and eternal way to glory. What is that way to glory? Heaven. Don't you want to go to that land? That's where I'm bound, right? That's where I'm bound. As we close, we all know how this story ends. Verse 49 and 50, Then David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. Got the rock out, slung it, Hit him right in the forehead and dude fell flat. <laughs> because the Lord was with him. So David prevailed and what a great story that is. What an encouraging thought for us to leave on. No matter what our giant is and no matter how long it may take, we don't fight the battle alone. And if you do, please, stop. Stop. Because this day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand. Whatever the situation is, Lord, you know what? I'm praying for this situation. I don't know how it's going to come out. I don't know what's going to be the end result of this. But Lord, you know what? I'm going to trust you and I'm going to obey you and I'm going to do exactly what you tell me to do in your word. And even though I become anxious sometimes, when I do, I'm going to pray and I'm going to do it with thanksgiving and I'm going to know that you're going to give me that peace that passes all understanding. I know it. And like I talked about this morning, I love the part where he says at the end of that verse, verse 46, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. When we persevere through the situations, what a repetitive thought. All the time I'm saying this, it seems like, but boy, it's so true because God wants us to get it through our persecution, through our troubles, through our trials, guess what you do? You motivate other people. You do. Be strong. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Through our victories over our giants, those around us will see that we serve a God who loves us and a God who is there for His people. That there is a God in Israel. Amen? I'm glad to be a part of the spiritual Israel. I'm glad to be a Christian. I'm glad to be a part of the body of Christ.
the Lord's church. The battle belongs to the Lord, brethren. I love y'all and I appreciate y'all so very much. Go out and be courageous. Go out and, and not be afraid of those giants that try to crush you, that try to talk uh, smack to you, that try to bring you down and put you in subjection and call you weak and tell you you can't handle it because it ain't true. That's just a straight up lie. We got a God who can do all things. He can answer prayers, just like James said. We've been praying for this guy, and guess what? Lord willing, he'll be here next week. This guy has got a new heart inside of him. I mean, we went and saw him, and his feet were just red. I mean, unbelievable. We couldn't even walk. And here he is about to come and be a part of the congregation. Keep praying for him. Our God can do unbelievable stuff. Maybe you're here and you're not his child. Maybe you're here and you're not a Christian. Man, what are you waiting on? Don't, I, don't know what, I don't know why you'd wait. You get the ability to have your sins forgiven. Not only uh, being washed uh, in baptism, but actually after that you can confess your sin and he's faithful to forgive you and cleanse you. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Maybe you need prayers. Maybe you need encouragement. Brethren, let's get serious about getting stronger and stronger in our faith. If you need prayers, whatever you need, come right now. Together we stand and sing.